Welcome, listeners, to www.ironradio.org, the website and podcast for all things strength sports and sports nutrition. With your hosts, Lonnie Lowry. Remember, Phil is like a gnarled old oak tree held together with scar tissue and bone spurs. Rob Fortney. And I'm telling you, the pain that I would suffer was beyond excruciating. And Phil Stevens. Do it, Rob. You'll kill all those nerves. Thanks for listening. Welcome, IronRadio.org listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry. I'm an exercise physiologist and a nutritionist, and I'm a former competitive bodybuilder. And this is Phil Stevens. I'm a powerlifter, Highland Games athlete, uh, strength coach. I run Strength Guild, which we just opened our new facility last weekend. Ooh. This is our first week of operation. And, uh, geez, I do a bunch of other stuff, too. But You do. You sure do. Yeah, you know, it's amazing how regardless of the angle that you come from in our industry, you know, people like you guys are a good mix of this and that. And we're all got half a dozen lines in the water at any given time. You know what I mean? Like I, I do research and then I got to go teach my classes and then, you know, we record the podcast or, you know, we set up some seminar, you know, that sort of thing. And I know you do exactly the same stuff, but Mm -hmm. that's almost like a word of the wise for people who want to get into the, the fitness industry is you can't, at least in my experience, it's not wise to do just one thing forever and not yeah. not stay open to some of these other you know opportunities when they come along. I don't know. Yeah, because it kind of feeds off each other, I guess. Oh, Most definitely. Okay, uh, I have a bit of news. Uh, one bit of science news and one bit of Iron Radio specific uh, news. Strength and muscle sport news. This first one might fall into the category of obvious science. I know we've sort of snickered about this before when it happens, but this is from nutritioninsight.com. If you're not familiar, everyone, this is a website of breaking trends and research for food technologists. So instead of like uh, the typical dietitian or nutritionist, you know, that work with clients or patients, they work in nursing homes, hospitals, you know, they work one-on-one with people. Food technologists are the guys that are more on the chemistry, food chem side of things. But anyway, nutritioninsight.com, and it says research identifies emerging health benefits of whole grain oats. And they show the little heart-shaped bowl with the oats in it and all that. And, you know, this is the kind of thing where you're used to bodybuilding. It's sort of that, duh, you know, like... It's such a staple food, and this is some science just to sort of document it, I guess. Um, makes you feel slightly validated, I suppose, that we're doing this for a reason. But it says oats have been the focus of scientific investigation for decades. Uh, it says according to the supplement, epidemiological evidence, so big population-based studies, they're not always cause and effect, suggests that regular consumption of whole grain oats uh, is correlated with lower body mass index. And I think we know that. And I know a lot of people are very much against grains. But to me, of the grains, having steel-cut oats or, you know, long grains, sort of old-fashioned oats, less offensive maybe, Um, certainly for me. I mean, I throw berries in there. You can add your protein powder. It says several studies outlined in the review suggest that eating oats helps reduce hunger and increase feelings of fullness. And, again, that soluble fiber forms a gel in your stomach. And I think a lot of us – know that it says similarly recent evidence from a study uh, may 28th 2014 uh, in the nutrition journal 
some of these researchers found that subjects who ate uh, 218 calorie breakfasts of oatmeal with non-fat milk for their first meal reported less hunger, increased fullness, and re- reduced desire to eat more compared to subjects that were given an equal calorie amount of a ready-to-eat uh, oat-based cereal, you know, but not like, you know, the straight deal uh, with milk. So it talks about a couple of different things, too, about digestive tract health, and maybe we didn't know some of these. Uh, it says... The role that beneficial bacteria in the human digestive tract play in human health is an area of great interest now. And so there's some interesting stuff coming out. It says author Devin Rose, Ph.D. from the University of Nebraska, recently summarized some of these findings on oats in the digestive tract. He concluded that the beta-glucan, the resistant starch, and the unique polyphenol uh, in oats, so some of these polyphenols, this is, I'm not even familiar with this one myself, avananthramides, I don't know, but they provide benefits to gut bacteria and that the resistant starch present in oats may specifically boost the beneficial gut bacteria, uh, bifidobacteria, in the lower GI tract, right? So it's your large intestine or your bowel, right, the last stage of your uh, gastrointestinal tract, of course, where these things grow. It's literally like a terrarium. You know, you think about having a, you know, not an aquarium, but a terrarium in your house where there's dirt in there, you know. And so the what if you want your terrarium to have the right bacteria <laughs> and dirt, then that's, you know, the idea that oats are helpful with that. It says a review of 29 studies concluded that oats and oat bran might provide benefits in some cases of bowel disease, such as ulcerative colitis, constipation. Uh, it says the review authors note that oat products basically are safer when it comes to even gluten sensitivity in celiac disease. And I've been saying that for years. I mean, you could find that the Europeans were much looser, uh, you know, because a lot of people are anti-gluten now. But this actually does suggest that oats can be consumed, like the the old European um, rules, uh, even for people with celiac disease or gluten sensitivity. Now, I'm not telling people to go do that automatically. I don't want people reporting Mm -hmm. back, but... Of the grains, it seems to be, you know, less offensive. And then it talks about the beta-glucan, your, like your LDL, your bad cholesterol, and that sort of thing. Pretty substantial, pretty significant percent drops in LDL cholesterol, you know, up into the low 20 percents uh, for some of these sorts of things. So, I don't know, quote-unquote new research on oats, uh, but I think at least it gives some mechanisms for some of the good things that we've been enjoying in the strength community for a long time i mean oats just being such a staple plus this time of year i like to have a hot bowl of oatmeal you know um or even oat bran mm-hmm. I, I don't know if anybody's ever thought about that but if you're looking to cut calories i'll get the straight oat bran and i'll just put some chocolate protein powder in there and kind of make cocoa wheats like when i was a kid you know and uh that, this time of year for me it's all it's we're getting into for some reason fresh break baked breads and yogurt season I start making my own yogurt come fall, and I don't know why, but oh. refurbishing my gut bacteria. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you make your own yogurt. That's awesome. Yeah, by the gallon. It's much cheaper. Awesome. All you need is a light bulb, man. Oh, there's so many good foods. In fact, my wife was suggesting, <clears throat> she goes, you guys need to do a show on, you know, fall foods, because for yeah. weight gain, oh, there's so many good choices this yes. time of year. You yeah. Know? <clears throat> other news iron radio news uh we're going to open the store when i publish the 
next update on Sunday. It's just small. I don't want people to expect a ton. But I'd really like uh, the Iron Radio store. There's a huge square icon that says Store 2014 on the ironradio.org homepage. Just check it out. I just want it to be somewhere where if you need to buy something, whether it's fish oils or or whey protein or a book, you know, we always get questions. What are good books to read? You know, and so the store is in three compartments, one for Rob, one for Phil, and one for myself. It's just some kind of funny, over-the-top, almost video game-like descriptors of things. But just have fun with it. Browse around. But when you click on stuff, uh, a lot of the links go to Amazon. Some of them might go to iTunes, that kind of thing. So if you're going to buy it, it helps to go through us. That way, uh, it's not more expensive, but Iron Radio gets supported by your purchase. And I'll tell you, Amazon... They're even going to give Walmart a run for its money, I think. You can buy anything on Earth on Amazon. And some of these things are even reoccurring. Like if you want to have your protein delivered every 30 days, they'll do that. You know, yeah. So they do some very cool stuff. And the, the stuff in the store, uh, listeners, you can feel good that Rob or Phil or I, these are things that we do. These are things that we would either – we are part of inventing or creating or we like them and we use them or recommend them. You know, so you don't have to worry. Is this good? Is that good? We can just point you to the store, and then that's actionable. You know, you can actually follow through instead of just telling you a good book. Here it is. Go click, and it's yours. You know, you can go buy it. So anyway, so look for that store uh, to open on uh, Sunday. Anyway, anything in your neck of the woods? No, man, not much. I mean, there's a lot going on for everybody's getting ready for Mark Bell's backyard meat, so you're seeing lots of big freaking numbers put up. Um, that that what is the Iranian? I think he has squatted a thousand for two. And oh my! The guy God. was going against Dan Green in the two twenty class, and uh, the Lillibridges, of course, are putting up huge numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, should be should be fun meat. And there's there's two two meats coming up. There's that backyard meat, and then the, the other one, the GPA Worlds. But other than that, it's been kind of quiet, man. Yeah. You got weightlifting worlds coming up, so everything's quiet there until that happens. Everybody's just kind of holding out and uh, stuff like that. Right. Well, you just came off such a string of uh, events and competitions. You got to have some downtime for goodness. Oh sake. yeah, I've been so busy around here. It's it's nice to we opened our new place and uh, it was a crazy first week there, but good. So how many square feet so, did you say? We're starting in about fifty five hundred. Hey. Of a total of twenty five thousand, so I bought a twenty five thousand square foot building. Yeah, it's huge. So there's plenty of room for growth, but I mean, it's much much bigger than I had before. Um, yeah, it's nice. It's nice, and we've got uh, I got one more room to finish, and then we'll be totally up and going. But yeah, it's it's working out well. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. Uh, let me offer one more thing before we go to break. Uh, when, we come, when we come back, by the way, everybody, we're going to talk about the training principle of reversibility. Uh, we've talked about other training principles like overload before, but we're going to talk about reversibility, how quick uh, this use it or lose it principle uh, kicks in on you, essentially. And it's different with different body systems. But I wanted to offer one quick tidbit. And again, maybe we'll do another show about the music that we listen to every once in a while. But I have been listening to orchestral music in the gym lately. Sometimes I throw it into my mix. Sometimes I get so into it, I just listen to it. But there is some really powerful orchestral pieces that you can throw into your mix, you know. And uh, there's a real trend lately, and some of you guys that just like your metal might not like this as much. But 
there's a real trend for some of these um, cellists and violinists to actually work with either like a heavy metal band or electronica or other groups. So it's almost like a um, revitalization in a way or a modernization. And I don't think you have to modernize these things necessarily, but um, I'll play a clip maybe to give you guys a taste of this just a little bit. In fact, I'll pick one from, there's these two young guys, uh, two cellos, they're called. I just think it's interesting. If you're inclined on the orchestral side, uh, you can give these guys a listen, uh, and then you know maybe you throw some of it in your mix. Maybe you don't, but it's really outside-the-box stuff, even though a lot of us like to keep listening to the same stuff over and over. I know you do that too, Phil. Mm-hmm. But anyway, having said that, uh, we'll go to break, and we'll be back in just a minute. Hi, this is Dr. Lowry with an update on the protein book that you hear about in the ad at the end of the show. Uh, If you simply Google CRC Press and protein, uh, there's a new development. On the right side of the page, you can see ebook, and there's a purchase slash rent option. And the cool thing here is if you check that out now, because they have an agreement with Vital Book, uh, you can actually download the ebook for $69 US dollars. So that's 31% off the $99.95 uh, cover price. So that's pretty fantastic. $69, I think that's going to drop it into the affordable range for a lot of people. And you can even rent it. Uh, lower down the page, they have 180-day rentals and one-year rentals. So you can access the book in electronic format and get some of this juicy information. So thanks. Hi, this is Dr. Lonnie Lowry, and on behalf of Phil and Rob, I'd just like to let listeners know that if you love us or you hate us, we'd like you to leave a comment or perhaps vote for us on iTunes. It helps us out quite a bit on the popularity side of things. Uh, You can also follow uh, Dr. Lowry, me, on Twitter. Uh, It's Lawnman7. 
on Twitter if you want to do that. We also have a Facebook page, the Iron Radio uh, listeners page. So uh, whether it's leaving a comment or voting for us or following us on Twitter or Facebook, uh, that would be fantastic. Also, uh, occasionally Rob or myself will write an article for another website and Phil will as well. So lots of ways to um, interact, uh, follow us in other media and vote for us and uh, keep things going strong on Iron Radio. Thanks. I can't stop feeling Some of us don't understand How lucky we are To be living in this Hi listeners, this is Rob Fortress Fortney. I'm here to remind you that as the holiday season approaches and your thoughts turn to giving, we like you to keep Iron Rating in your thoughts. Every week for four years now, it's been our privilege to bring you weekly news, experts, and gym talk. Did you know that now roughly 20,000 brothers and sisters of Iron count on us for these things? Of course, not everyone can afford to be a supporting member or a significant one-time donor. But for those of you willing to pitch in $4 per month or $50 just once, we're about to sweeten the deal. Become a supporting member or major donor, and a limited number of you will receive a gift worth over $20. And we will never forget our existing supporters. Simply email me via ironradio.org, and I'll send you a free seminar from Dr. Lowry on how to significantly and realistically boost your testosterone levels. Help your iron brothers and sisters who cannot pitch in but deserve better internet programming in our sports. And happy holidays! of Iron Radio. In addition to being a popular institute on iTunes, we are also on email. Simply go to www.ironradio.org and sign up for the voluntary email. You'll get a once per week email, no more, that's little more than the show notes and a link to the audio. So go for it. Okay, everybody, we are back. It's Phil and Lonnie, and we're going to talk about a training principle like we did back in episode 260. We talked about overload, uh, but this one is reversibility. And when I say training principle, I mean sort of textbook classic training principles, right? Because there's lots of weeder principles and other nonsense, but this is all just rebranding of stuff, frankly, that's been around for a long time. So reversibility, just to set this up, uh, is the use it or lose it principle, right? So mm-hmm. different systems progress and regress in different time frames. And I think this is something, especially young lifters, it, it almost puts you at ease maybe in some ways. But um, if anybody should be worrying about the use it or lose it thing, arguably it's the runners, Um of course, one of the main thing that endurance athletes need are mitochondria, these little organelles, you know, furnaces in your cells generate power for the cell, mm-hmm. right? And those actually, mitochondrial density goes up and down almost on a daily basis. And that's why you see those guys putting in crazy miles. You know, you're like, why are you beating yourself up? You know, and it's because they're trying to maintain, not like cardiac function necessarily or something else, but mitochondrial density it just goes up and down fairly rapidly so they lose those you know little um energy powerhouses in their cells rather quickly um 
the next up on the speed list is muscle. Muscle comes and goes over a period of weeks, guys, not days like mitochondria. So that's where I think sometimes we snicker a little bit about some of the, you know, the guys that get too worried. But then, of course, you try to give them some good advice that don't worry, you missed a workout, you're not going to be small tomorrow, (laughs) you know, and a lot of that's psychological. And then bone is last. And I'm not going to go on about bone too much except to say this changes over months. Yeah. So literally like one year, year and a half. You can't look at bone density in any kind of meaningful way, probably with a DEXA scan over like six and eight and 12 week periods. You're just, you're kind of wasting your time. But it is worth noting though that bone does, it's very living. It's not like a plastic skeleton hanging in the corner. Uh, You know, it's very living tissue. Uh, I was just showing a video in the classroom about this recently. Very cool video. It's free on YouTube. Maybe I'll put a link to it. Uh, And it shows how bone builder cells and bone you know, catabolizer, um, you know, sort of breaker downer cells. They mm-hmm. work in concert together uh, in this sort of stuff. But um, I will say this, lifters bones, if you're a heavy lifter and you've been doing so for at least two years, your bones are probably about 10% denser than yeah. the average person's. In fact, I have a new bone densitometer in my lab. Uh, it's a uh, sonometer, actually. It uses ultrasound, but it's portable. And I think it'd be neat to take these to some um, meat, power meats, and just document some of you guys because your bones, um, the first time I noticed this was actually Fortress. I, I was learning how to use a DEXA, uh, mm-hmm. and he was in the 99.9th percentile for yeah. bone density. And I'm thinking, you know, some of these really big guys at meets, they're going to be just like that. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, really interesting stuff. And here's also interesting. You can find reversibility data that people who stop uh, heavy loading, especially explosive lifts, it's ex- rapid loading and not mm. just the load, the heavy weight itself that really stimulates the bone density. But the point is, is I found a study on old lifters. And if you've been lifting for as long as we have, you will never lose all of what you gained. You know, you yeah. it's almost like, I don't know, like cattle. Don't cattle get real like, uh, I don't know, tough and chewy as they age and you can't yeah. do as much with them. It's kind of like that. If you're an old lifter, you're like one of these old steer that, yeah. you know, you've gotten all dense and chewy and. And you don't lose all of that, apparently, which I think was pretty cool. But One neat thing I saw that got me really thinking about the bone thing was a scan of my own. They scanned both of my hips when they were looking at my hip about the replacement. And you could see, I mean, with the naked eye, how much more dense the right whole femur was oh, mm-hmm. compared to the left because I load the right side so hard. And, the you know, the bones and everything adjusted over there. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. You know? <laughs> So. Yeah, it's very site specific too. You know, you yeah. can't you can't expect your uh, if all you do is lower body, so, like a runner can't expect his upper body to be more dense. You know, it's where yes. the tendons tug and where the forces yeah. are applied. Yeah, that's a good point too. Well, it's that, like but, when the paleontologists they studied the did bone scans of like the Vikings, and they're like their 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 shoulder girdles had the bone density of normal people's hips from all the rowing. Oh, you know, just hours upon hours of rowing and. You know, their 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 long and short bones of their arms were right. just stiff and jacked. But that's a cool that's a cool point. So, <clears throat> what about you? So, when you considering this idea of reversibility, mm-hmm. um, how do you build that into programming? Because right, you want to re-stimulate a muscle group. Uh, and again, if muscle it rever- it starts to reverse in a matter of days. The very mm-hmm. early like molecular science. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like functional mass changes. You know, it pr- takes weeks, but so how do you deal with that in programming? Well, I mean, it depends on the level of the person. Like, 
it's really hard to get a lower level person to regress. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. You know, at, even an intermediate. Now, at the higher level, you know, there's like, you can see an 80 pound, 100 pound shift in a lift. But you still know, like with me, I mean, I was good for 780. And months later, I was good for seven, but I still know I'm, I'm like a 12 to 16 week peak out. It, it's just, it's, it's, it's something that you have to gain over time because nobody, I think everybody in the beginning never wants to take a day off. They think, Oh man, if I take a day off, I'm, I'm just going to wither into nothing. So, I mean, like with me at this last meet, you know, I didn't really peak for it for the strength guild games. And, you know, it just proved to me that I don't have to do that much to hang on. You know, I was still able to pull a 700 after two days of other stuff, you know, two long days of, you know, lifting kegs and doing medleys and mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So um, programming wise, I mean, I think most of the people totally worried about losing, like losing everything from taking a week off are probably the ones that could benefit from it because they're usually in that gung ho stage where they're I'm doing two a days and, you know, more is better type of thing. And, uh, you know, a week off to recover could probably benefit. Uh, right. So, I mean, for me, you know, I don't think about it much. I mean, I want my people consistent, and we'll take – we have deload weeks built in, you know, where it's actually you're, – you're lifting like 50% this week. And it's more to have it's, – it's less about them regressing than it is getting them to recover is what I think about. Right. Uh, so that's uh, – that brings up a good point then. So deloads, you like – is it a ballpark 50%? Like how much mm. lighter? It's not down to zero and just walk away and go dr- yeah, drink no, beer. And, and I, for a little while I did that. I did like, okay, a week before powerlifting me, we, okay, you do nothing. And myself and too many people just got stiff then. It wasn't the, the strength wasn't there. It's just like you, everything just tightens up mm-hmm. and the joints aren't loose. And so we'll come in and just do 50, 60%. And I'm talking for singles and doubles. Okay, right. You know, so so not much at all. You'll do multiple sets, but it's just just keeping moving is all we're doing. So you're tapering um, the load, uh, the weight, and the volume. Yes, yeah. way down, yeah. and and it's just to keep the joints fluid, keep them the movement in in mind, you know. But it's mainly just to not stiffen up. Um, it doesn't take a lot to hold on, and actually, I mean, if you're if you've just if you've just went through a twelve or sixteen week peaking cycle, your body's going to love it because it's actually going to recover and overcompensate. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's what people forget. I mean, to overcompensate, you actually have to take time off. <laughs> you know, you can't just <laughs> yeah push, 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 and then like okay, two days before the meet, I'm going to pull a max, and then my max will be bigger the day of the meet. No, it doesn't work that way. You know. Well, let me ask you <clears throat> this now. This is more of an intangible. I- I'm sure there's research on this somewhere. I don't have it, but w- how much of of this like when you you talk about when you deload, it's not an unload; it's just a deload. You know, yeah. you pull back. How much of this do you think is is muscle mass versus something like neural reversibility, like or skill loss? You know yeah. what I mean? Are you are you more worried about it being skill loss? You know what I mean? Because you would think that that would reverse too, just like muscle gains might ebb. Yeah, but I don't think in a week you're gonna you're not gonna lose a skill. Like, I mean, Tiger okay. Woods could take a week off golf and still go knock the hell out of the ball. Mm-hmm. You know? So mm-hmm. I don't think the skill is going to go away that quick. I mean, it's just like if that were to happen, then, you know, I I shouldn't be able to jump on a bicycle right now and ride it because I haven't ridden one in years. So but you're saying – so let me um, – so years? I mean, how long before you're out of – out of touch with how, what a good squat feels like? You know what I, I mean? Think, you know, I think if you took months off, it'd feel a little funny, but it'd come right back. Mm-hmm. You know, it's good. It, it would take a few sessions. So, you know, yeah, probably years. I mean, it'd be 
But I feel I still think you're going to remember it to a point. You're not going to be good, as good as you were, but your body knows that movement. If you've been deadlifting, let's say, or squatting for 10 years, and you say one day I know something happens and you wake up, I'm taking five years off, you're still going to be better at it than the person who's never done it when you come back five years later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Just because you you have an idea in your mind how to do it, you know. Right. Um, but I think it's I think it's a lot, you know, deloads for meats are more I think it's muscle recovery and it's just it's also you've been riding on this high so long. Um it's it's a good downgrade for the whole system, the system as a whole. You know, you get the adrenaline gets to come down for a little while. You're not you're not pushing ninety percent plus loads and having to get yourself jacked up and you know, you need that little bit of a break. Right. And I can tell you, one thing I do know on the science side with the, the neural side of things is that uh, we've talked about Dr. Andy Fry. Andrew Fry did a lot of um, overtraining work. And you know, he was one of the guys that was saying, um, you know, there's two kinds of overtraining. The kind of overtraining that lifters get is called sympathetic overtraining, you know, meaning more like fight or flight. You can't turn yeah. off background adrenaline high all the time, that sort of thing. Whereas the overtraining that runners experience is more like an exhaustion. It's a parasympathetic type of overtraining. Mm-hmm. But the, the neat thing here is he was talking about how your receptors for adrenaline, not necessarily just the background levels, concentrations in your blood, but the receptors go away, you know, when you're burnt. Yes. Uh, so that he And he was demonstrating mm-hmm. that very elegantly. You know, he had people do one rep maxes for days and days on end, fried them on purpose, and then took some tissue samples and like, oh, look, all their, you know, the beta receptors are are like 30 or 40% reduced. So how can you respond? Then when you go get that surge at the meat, you know, you're doing everything you can to get wound up, yeah. and you can't respond. No matter how much adrenaline your body's able to jump, to dump into your system, you can't respond to it because you don't have the receptors. And I, I experienced that firsthand at that, that meat I did, that last meat I did last October. Because I tried something new. Normally I peak out and I have about a, let's say I pull my last heavy deadlift and usually three weeks later is my meet. I pulled my last heavy deadlift and I figured I'm going to wait six weeks. I did it six weeks before the meet and purposefully trying to come into the meet feeling healthy. I was like, I'll, I'll get it done early. I'll, I'll hit my peak and then I'll try to ride it a little longer um, to orthopedically feel good coming into meet. I orthopedically felt great. I couldn't get my I, for the first time. I mean, I was just fried. I, from riding from that point on, I was just hitting openers for singles and volume really low. And by the time the meet got there, it was like, okay, Phil, you're up 700, and I was like yawning. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, something. And is I just couldn't get myself, and I, I, I couldn't understand it. You know, I'm over in the corner trying everything I can, and normally, I mean, they call my name and I'm ready to go. You know, your hair stands up, and you're, and I'm over there literally trying to get jacked up, and I can't do it. It's like, smack me around something, guys. Help yeah. me out here. And, you know, the the funny so. thing, and that's why I was trying to get it, skill, you know, versus, like, nervous system. I know one thing is your motor nervous system, and one is, like, your, you know, um, autonomic nervous system. But um, I, I know Fry, he fried these guys in, like, 10 days. Yeah. So it does seem to... It's not just the amount of adrenaline you can produce, but yeah, if the receptors aren't there, like you said, I mean, you're doing it, you're beating your head against a wall, you're listening to heavy metal, you're freaking, yeah. you know, uh, anything you can possibly do, and you're just not responding. And I bet listeners have felt that before too. You're like, I just don't have it today. It's yeah. just I can't respond. And then other yeah. days, you're just the slightest stimulus, and you're just bristling to go. Yes, exactly. And you know that happens but at the muscular level i mean it's a tricky thing i think you know i've seen it time and time again i mean and like we were talking about before the show 
Brandon Lilly just came back after the, the horrendous injury yeah, oh, and surgeries yeah. he's been through. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he squatted I think seven twenty in wraps and six sixty or something for double no wraps or you know something something insane for the amount of surgeries he had done. And I mean, it's just proof that you know all that built up strength takes years to go away. You know, it's just not going to wither away overnight. You're not going to what's that old thing? Like, People are scared about getting too big because then when they stop, it's just going to all turn into fat. No, sorry, it doesn't work that way. No, <laughs> you know? no, no, it doesn't. It turns into <laughs> fat because you keep eating like you're training hard and sitting on your butt, and you just create fat tissue. But exactly, um, yeah, and you know that's a we should do a show sometime on just <clears throat> myths too. But yeah, to the a lay person who doesn't understand what's going on in your body, it probably does look like that. Like, oh, you know, you just turned all your muscle into fat. No, the muscle is shrinking away, and yes. you're creating new fat around it you know it's yeah not, exactly like it, one cell does not become another kind of cell a tree does not become a rock you know kind of thing mm-hmm. I but i mean in to get to the point about the training how do i deal with it, it now if i get an older now i'm calling i'm calling myself old um if i have an, a, an older lifter and somebody that's more experienced like myself you know i'm known as the guy who competes all the time in the last two years yeah not so much and I'm just getting older, and I'm more beat up. And so now my peaks are less frequent, and I'm in this kind of maintenance mode more more of the year. Mm-hmm. And it's just knowing that, okay, it doesn't take me that much to hold on, and I know my the times that I strike have to be more precise. <clears throat> you know, um, I can only I can only run the iron on high heat. So many times a year or so many times every two years. And uh, it's all still there. You know, like I said, I mean, I, I hit that 700 and that wasn't even I didn't really train up for that. Yeah. So I know that's still there. And I know in, in a few months I'm going to start peeking out for another run at it. And I know I'm 16 weeks out of hard training. Um, and a lot of that's just being in the mind of it, too. Yeah, the, like, the psychological in, part is is a huge part of this reversibility. I would think. Yeah, too. With, with with a family and two businesses and a kid, and I can't I can't stay in meat training mode, you know, year round anymore. I have to get everything in line. I have to get my family in line with me. I have to get my businesses in line with me. Um, I have to get my clients in line with me, saying, "Hey, this is fill time." You know, you come in on Tuesdays and Thursdays from five to six thirty. Don't fucking talk to me. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Because I am training for a meet in three months. You know, leave me alone. Um, so I have to line everything up. And, you know, my body just can't handle it either. I mean, I, I've, and it, part of it's the the loads now, you know. Sure, when I was peeking out for me and I'm squatting 405 and deadlifting 550, I could do more volume. Now, you know, you're talking squatting 7, going to pull 8. You know? Yeah, you know, I like the, <sighs> the concept of just being within striking distance. Uh, bodybuilding, it's very similar to that in that you allow yourself to regress, if, if it's the right word, yeah. have a certain reversibility in leanness, let's say. Mm-hmm. But if you get too sloppy, then you're more than 16 or 20 weeks out. Now what are yeah. you going to do? So like you said, you have to have that discipline to you, re- you partly relax. You loosen your yes. grip, but you don't let go. You exactly. know. And then you're within that striking distance, like you said. You can ramp up, you can line things up, and and still make it happen. And, and I think that's it's probably that, with muscle mass too. Yes, and that's where that that little the strength guild games, you know, was kind of a it's a test or a confirmation for me. It was like, look, okay, so I didn't train that hard, and I'm still able to pull 700 after two days of doing crap, just just beating myself up. 
I, this is working. You know, I'm fine with that. You know, right. it wasn't. It was far from a PR, and it was hard. But it should have been. It's just like ah, I'm okay. I can I can keep doing what I'm doing and just kind of skating along and letting my joints feel good. Mm-hmm. And I'll strike after it later. You know, because I still on a on a average day I can go in and pull seven. Right. You know. So I think a, so. some of this kind of comes with uh, experience. Like you you're oh, not yeah. going to panic. You know, because you know everybody's going to have a certain um, variation in reversibility themselves. Yes. You know, like. You talk about getting stiff, boy. Because my training has not been front burner for me lately, I have got to get my ass in there. I just get stiff, yeah. you know. And it's amazing how much better I feel just when I'm just lifting, you know, yeah. just period, just because of lifting. Yeah. But the experience that you're talking about, whether it's competitive or just in training, yeah, you don't worry so much. You know, Rob has talked about in the past, like. You have all these supporting structures, and even mm-hmm. though he's not going to talk like a biologist and tell you what those are, um, you know, maybe it's some of that, like, permanent, some of the neural motor pathways that you've got in place. It's the soft tissue that's just not going to go away very fast, you know, and you have all these supportive structures. And then, yeah, once you, through life, maybe you have a surgery. Maybe you, because of work, you're, you pull back on the reins for a little bit, you know, and you're not in super competition mode all the time. Maybe it's just because you're now in your, in your 30s and, you know, life is a little bit different. You fall back just a little. Like I said, you loosen, but you don't panic that if you miss a day, mm-hmm. you know, because you know what it's like. And, again, I'm not going to yes. be like an ageist, but a 20-year-old, I was there. I was no, scared I shitless that I yep. was going to be small because I didn't lift four days in a row. Yep. You know, kind of thing. No, I agree. A lot of it's maturity. It, it's this level of maturity you got to reach. And it's just realizing that, man, a day off, it'll probably do me good. You know, because I know I'm, I don't know, it's this, people are scared in the beginning, I think, that, because what do they say? It's like 30 days to create a habit. Yeah. So you need like to that. be very consistent for 30 days. Mm-hmm. And then you get that stuck in your head and you think, well, if I miss a day or a week, I, I won't go back. Yeah, you're, you've been doing it 10 years. You're going to go back. right it's entrenched at that point i know that next week okay i'm gonna miss today but next week i'll be right back in there you know it's just part of my life and i'm not gonna like fall off the horse and stay there for like five years later god i wish i'd kept lifting right you don't forget to brush your teeth you know you brush your teeth every morning you know you get used to that it's like hygiene almost but you know my mom said something a long time ago i was talking about one of my old roommates he was a bodybuilder at the time and she said, and it wasn't about just his lifting, of course, but she said there are some things you just have to live through and prove to yourself. And that's what we're talking about here. You know, when you prove, oh, I made a comeback, you know, well, relative comeback, you know what I mean? I I, I let myself go undergo this reversibility thing a little bit, and then I, I proved that I can come back in this many weeks, you know? Uh-huh. And once you do that a few times, it's that proof to yourself. You know, like I said, you can be told this all you want, but some things, like mom says, you got to live through. And I think, like with you, you, or like when I competed last time, it was similar. It's like, how long is this going to take for me to get back in shape? You know, and then I, I, it did happen. Or like with you, you did pull that 700 with yeah. fairly minimal. You know what I mean? So you prove it to yourself yes. that, yes, you allowed some reversibility. But I think to everybody, they almost have to come up with their own individual striking distance. Like, what's your striking distance from the next meet? Well, yeah, and I mean, I guess if you really look at it, I program, I automatically program in, like, I, I'll make you reverse a little bit, because, I mean, what's the old saying that I say a lot, you know, between every peak, there's a valley, mm-hmm. you know, so after a meet, we're purposely going down, and we're working with loads that are, 
that you're able to handle really easy. And because we should be, because we can't just stay, we can't keep the grill on high all the time. Um, we back off and we take another run up, you know, and hopefully that next peak is higher. Yeah, you work on something else. You know, it, that also brings up what you just said, made me think of this, but you can have reversibility in something like absolute peak nervous system, you know, strength, you know, function one rep max, but maybe you're actually improving in your conditioning at that point. Yeah. You know, you can actually let some systems reverse while your goals change and you're you're pushing other systems harder, you know. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that pretty much covers it. Like I said, I just, it's fun to talk about some of these classic training principles. Uh, and reversibility mm-hmm. is one because, yeah, we, we've all heard it. You know, people, they're so paranoid. When I do research projects with college guys, sometimes I can't even make them take a single day off you know, mm-hmm. so they're not sore, so we can do some testing. And that's that thing. I like your word, just maturity, you know, yeah. career, lifting career maturity. So Yeah. So. All right, brother. Good times. All right. Well, we'll see everybody next week, I guess. Yep. Have a good week, everybody. Iron Radio is accepting donations. If you like what we do, the professors, the scientists, the bodybuilding show promoters, the athletes themselves in powerlifting and bodybuilding, um, please consider making a donation or maybe buying something from the ironradio.org store. Uh, We also are accepting supporting members. So for $4 a month, which is frankly less than the bank sneaks out of your account in fees, you can step up and support a form of sort of public radio for the bodybuilding and powerlifting and strength community. The Iron Radio Podcast and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet or exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. Also seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.